Welcome everyone to FF Plus, a spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm your host, Aaron White, back here with a second episode for this week. This time, focusing on two upcoming new animated features. If you're unfamiliar with us, here on FF Plus, the format is very straightforward. It's simple, short, and always spoiler-free. My goal is to help you make a decision on whether or not a film is worth your time and money. With that said, let's jump in. The first movie is Green Lantern Beware My Power from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. It features the voices of Aldous Hodge, Jimmy Simpson, Jamie Gray Hyder, Keisha Sharp, Ike Amadi, Jason J. Lewis, Nolan North, and more. It is directed by Jeff Wamester and written by Ernie Altbacker and John Simper. What's it about? When a power ring is bestowed upon former Marine John Stewart, it leads him on a life-changing mission, with Justice League member Green Arrow and Thanagarian Hawkgirl by his side. Stewart is thrown into a complicated galactic war. Now, the first thing to be aware of is that the DC animated universe is a little bit complicated, which, shocker, everything related to DC comic books and movies seems to be complicated. The DC animated universe, which ran for about a decade, maybe a little longer, wrapped up in 2020 with Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And ever since then, and then starting with Superman Man of Tomorrow in 2020, there is a new universe that's being done called the Tomorrowverse. So we are, I don't know, a handful of films into the Tomorrowverse now. They include a Justice Society World War II movie, Batman The Long Halloween, both parts of that, and then now this Green Lantern film. But there's also been three or so standalone films in the middle of those, which is why it gets complicated, because you never know whether or not the new release is part of the Tomorrowverse or if it's really just supposed to be on its own. Knowing that this is part of the Tomorrowverse and that what happens in this film is essentially going to be storytelling that continues on further may actually lead to people having a stronger opinion of ultimately the events. So let's dig in just a little bit to this. As I said in the opening there, this is essentially the origin story of Marine Sniper John Stewart and how he became a Green Lantern. I really like John Stewart. I had never been introduced to this character before. I mean, I knew he existed. I've seen many uh, posts about the fan casting ideas. I thought that Aldous Hodge did a really wonderful job voicing the character, and I enjoyed the little bit of backstory that I got to learn about him and what he was like in the military. The fact that he is a Medal of Honor recipient meant a lot, and the fact that he's kind of struggling at this point in his life with the idea of violence and how far to go. So the setup for the bigger galactic threat here is that the Green Lantern Corps has been wiped out, and one of the last remaining Green Lanterns finds him and essentially delivers him Hal Jordan's ring to take up the fight between the Ran and Thanagar and help to get this conflict stopped. From there, he ends up 
interacting with the Justice League. And the movie is a little bit of a mixed bag tonally with the way it proceeds. There is quite a bit of interaction specifically between Jon Stewart and Oliver, the Green Arrow. And I really enjoyed those parts of the dialogue. I think that they had a great chemistry to them. Oliver is really taking Jon Stewart under his wing. Jon doesn't want to be the Green Lantern. Shocker, most superheroes. You know, it's it's a very common kind of origin story type feeling. He's like, I don't want this responsibility. Oliver's trying to explain why it's important. The ring chose him, yada, yada. Here's what you need to do. Let me help you figure this out while we go investigate this threat. So I liked the parts that were related to him mentoring Green Arrow. Then we get introduced to Hot Girl and some other characters that join the mix, and it becomes much more of a stretched out, like, let's make sure each character gets a piece of the screen time situation. And I I really kind of loses some steam there for me. I wasn't very much into that. I would have loved if this could have been just Green Arrow and Green Lantern on a solo adventure, but by expanding the threat into this big, large intergalactic battle, it kind of muddies the ability to give him a proper origin story because there's so you're just throwing him right into the fight and, and he doesn't get to slowly kind of show any kind of change. He does by the end show some difference of opinion. Of course, that's kind of what the, how it works. You know, he's got to eventually become one with the ring and embrace it in order to win the day or whatever. But I just didn't think that we got enough about him in this movie for this to be supposed to be an origin story. They're trying to do an origin story, but they're trying to do a bigger issue at the same time. It just didn't feel like they meshed well together. Animation-wise, it looks great. They actually sent me this one on 4K, and I think that it is very beautiful and striking, specifically because there's a lot of green and yellow lantern powers being thrown around. Maybe that gives you a hint about some of the other characters in the film. I don't want to give it away, but... The powers look awesome. And this is one of the things I've always loved about Green Lantern is that there's a difference in what the weapons look like because they can create anything with their rings. So it makes for really interesting visual fight scenes. And so there's some good ones in this, specifically a couple moments that I really like where John kind of gets to merge who he was before in the Marine Corps and some of his past experiences sort of manifest themselves with the ring's power. I thought that was a neat touch. So yeah, parts of this, you know, really worked for me. The, the setup is there, the buddy cop feel of John and Oliver's kind of team up effort that works. There's some emotional moments at the end that the green arrow has to deal with relating to how Jordan. And that maybe is the last thing that I really want to say is that when it comes to, Hal Jordan's inclusion in this film and where the film ultimately decides to go may make some fans unhappy. And the way that it's not what happens to Hal Jordan specifically, but maybe the way that Hal Jordan is portrayed in this film, I don't think everyone's going to enjoy the way they chose 
to show his character and specifically kind of how his character ends up in this picture. So knowing that this is how it's going to be going forward, it's a little extra incentive or it's going to be a little bit of an extra enhancement on your feelings, whether you liked it or didn't like it. And yeah, I'm really curious to see what the reviews are about this from the hardcore fans, the people that have read this comic book series. I'm pretty sure it's based on one from what I can tell and whether or not it got changed a lot. I don't know any of that stuff. I just like the movies. I like seeing the superheroes. I like seeing emotional storytelling and I like it to be well done. I thought this was pretty decent. I had a good time with it. I didn't hate it. And I will keep watching these, but there was nothing that stood out specifically about this that would elevate it into any kind of pantheon of my DC animated movies. It just doesn't have anything unique. Whereas like Catwoman Hunted earlier this year had more of a unique score to it and just the idea of it like really kind of following this idea of a heist was an awesome touch for a DC animated film. But yeah, this is just more of kind of what we've seen a lot of before and it's done serviceably, but unspectacularly. The film will be available on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack and digital on July the 26th. If you'd like to check it out, I do recommend it for fans of the Green Lantern and for fans of DC animated comic book movies. I think it's worth seeing and past that, I, I don't know that I would blind buy this. So it would be hard for me to recommend you spending $20, $25 on it, especially when there's a very disgusting lack of special features. There's like a couple of episodes of a TV show. It's just it's really bare bones, and I'm disappointed in that. So that's kind of where I'm at for my recommendation. Now, the other film we have to talk about is one that I have been looking forward to for quite a while, and it is also... DC comic book related. It is the DC League of Super Pets from Warner Brothers Pictures. Featuring the voices of Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Vanessa Bayer, Olivia Wilde, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, Thomas Middleditch, Ben Schwartz, and Keanu Reeves. Wow. Those are a lot of names that I did not even recognize when I was in the midst of watching the film. So I don't know. It's interesting. They've sounded, some of them sounded familiar to me, but I couldn't place an actor or an actress. And now my mind is turning, trying to think of like who played whom. This is directed by Jared Stern. It's also written by Jared Stern and John Whittington. What's it about? Crypto the Superdog and Superman are inseparable best friends, sharing the same superpowers and fighting crimes side by side in Metropolis. However, when the Man of Steel and the rest of the Justice League are kidnapped, Crypto must convince a ragtag group of animals to master their own newfound powers for a rescue mission. Now, as I said, I was really looking forward to this. I do just love me some DC comic book characters. I prefer them to Marvel overall. I don't know why. I've just always had more of an attachment to them. Batman being my absolute favorite. I collect lots of different Batman toys and memorabilia and all of the films are amongst my favorite ones of DC that they've ever done. So I was excited to see this. I figured it's going to be hard to mess up when you have the voices of Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart being the two main characters and you've got DC comic books 
and you've got pets. Like, I love all of these things, and I figured uh, it'd be a good time, and I was not wrong. I think the chemistry between Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson is something that is easy enough to carry a movie, and it does a lot of the legwork here. They just have such a natural kind of rivalry, but also a charm and respect and a true friendship between them. So when you see or hear rather the, their characters interacting in this, starting off as kind of like opponents, not really understanding or agreeing with each other, and then growing into this situation where much like Batman and Superman, they sort of need to be able to both lead a team and they need to trust each other. And I thought that that was handled really well in this movie and that they did such a great job with their two characters, Crypto and Ace. I loved them. I thought they were hilarious. I really wanted to get something Ace Funko Pop related, but apparently it's like a special release or something and it's super expensive. So if you ever find that on sale, please hit me up on social media and let me know. Uh, Story-wise, we've got Crypto and Superman. And as I mentioned, he he kind of, they they have to deal with this jealousy that starts in crypto when Superman starts to spend more time with Lois Lane. After years and years of it just being soups and crypto, kind of off doing their own thing together, fighting crime, etc. Now, all of a sudden, someone else is taking over Superman's attention. And in a really cute scene, including a Boston Terrier early on in the film, which made me very happy because that's what my puppy is, a Boston Terrier. So got to see a talking Boston in the movie. And I mean, it was like off to the races from there. I was just beaming. But Crypto gets some information about, you know, listen, this is what you can expect to happen once your human starts to replace you in a lot of ways with another human. And that's reality. And that's a real type of situation that pets have to deal with. And this puts feelings and personalities onto the pets and what it might be like. And it handles it in a really sweet and clever way because the pets are upset. And from there, we end up with Crypto going on this adventure where he's lost his powers and, you know, events occur that end up with him and this team of shelter pets which I really like, by the way, that they're all shelter pets and they end up with the superpowers. And so he's got to work with them and essentially almost train them and lead them without being able to help himself in a lot of ways in order to fight this incredibly silly villain. The villain is hilarious. I don't want to give it away because it's so funny and ridiculous the way it happens. It's just it's pure comedy. And first I was like, man, this is over the top. It's so dumb. Like, it's even dumb for this movie. But then I, I realized some of the actual enemies that the human superheroes fight are pretty ridiculous, too. And it's really not much different than that. So it worked out really well. It was very entertaining. But this group of shelter pets, I think, is we spend most of our time with them. And the fact that they have these feelings, they feel like they've been discarded. They don't necessarily like the way that they look or the way that they are perceived by humans you have this boxer ace is the main right who he becomes super strong and indestructible and then you have this pot-bellied pig named pb 
who is very size conscience, but obsessed with Wonder Woman. And you have a turtle who like steals the show. The, some of the script for the turtle is just the most LOL funny of the whole film. The turtle's name is Merton. And I'm not going to tell you what the superpower is, but I mean, come on. Like, it's right there. Okay. But Merton also has trouble seeing, which adds a little bit of flavor to their character and specifically with how their superpower operates. And then you have a squirrel named Chip, and he's very unconfident. Inconfident? Unconfident? He's not confident in his own skin. And the way that his story plays out is pretty sweet as well. So we get to watch them go through this and it it has some good messages in here about positive pet ownership and what that means and what it could be like for pets to feel discarded or misunderstood and how much of a struggle it could be for them to trust again and become that unconditionally loving pet that we all want to have beside us and we all want to feel the same way about. So I really thought that it wove those in in a pretty smart way, but it's low hanging fruit. Like these are not deep messages that the movie is trying to give. It's not super smart. Um, It is really accessible stuff for the youngest of ages. In my opinion, we had babies and toddlers and some of the toddlers laughing was just a great joy in this screening. It just hearing them light up and giggle at the pet stuff specifically was it was something just very heartwarming whereas a lot of the adults were kind of giggling and laughing and looking over at each other and nodding and when there are dc references so two of the writers for this film actually helped write the lego batman movie which i believe is a masterpiece thank you very much so unsurprisingly batman is my best part of this movie as well He is voiced by Keanu Reeves, which is absolutely pure perfection. And oh my gosh, he doesn't have a lot to do or a lot to say. But the moments that he gets, he absolutely slays the characterization of Batman and the way that we think of Batman all the time. It's so good. It's so funny. And there are a couple of times where when Batman is kind of monologuing, we switch animation styles into this completely different thing. And it's very brief, but it's very striking and it, and it just looks awesome. And I love that Batman is the only one that gets this different animation. The rest of the movie all looks the same. So I was like, yes, my guy getting something special treatment. Yeah. But Keanu's great and everything to do with Batman and the way he interacts and impacts this movie, specifically with the pets later on, I will say it's, wonderful the worst part about this other than being pretty disposable from an entertainment perspective like there's not a lot of super depth you know to this storytelling by any means is the rest of the justice league so they spend most of their time in captivity but it's they were very weak to me i didn't really like many of the voice performances i thought they were kind of meh probably also because the script that they had for the rest of the Justice League was also very meh. And I and I could have like taken them out of this movie completely. If you didn't need other Justice League member humans to sort of make a connection with each of the Justice League super pets, 
there would be no need for them whatsoever. And I get it because you're making a comparison here and you're you're sort of trying to emulate the Justice League itself only with pets. So it makes sense to show them as well. Anyway, I just it was not my favorite part by any means <laughs> in the movie. And it was a little bit weak. And like I said, overall, the story, it's just very traditional villain who underappreciated has dreams of world domination or whatever and you're fighting the villain and that's it i mean it's it's just very routine as far as that goes so nothing interesting or special there but ultimately i had a blast and i want a sequel so that should tell you something my son and i agreed that we would put this still beneath the sea beast and light year so far this year for family-friendly animated flicks because this doesn't have that level of like intelligence to it's not like that it's not up a notch of serious type of movie but we would both rewatch it in a heartbeat and want to do so once it comes out to own so yeah this will be available in theaters on july 29th and it gets a very big hearty recommend for me two thumbs up i say take your family doesn't matter how old your kids are i think they're gonna love it and if you already like slash love DC characters and you are a pet owner, I just can't see you not having a great time with a big smile on your face watching this movie. I would be shocked. Well, thanks for tuning in again this week to this episode of FF+. Plus. Hopefully, some of my information that I give you will impact and help your decision making. If you do see one of the films that I talk about always, please let me know. Find me on Twitter at Aaron L. White, A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E, or at Feelin Film. You can find us in the Feelin Film Facebook discussion group. We would love to have you come be a part of that community as well. And if you're enjoying this, please review the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review there. Leave us a review or a rating on Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcasts, it can only help us out. I will be back soon, but until then, keep watching and keep feeling filled.